0: You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Yeah, scores! Oh, Stephen stepped up, nailed it. for has
0: got the puck, what a shot, that-
1: all righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. He is Jersey Joe, and hey. Joe, Joe, you got a new Twitter going. What's it called?
0: It's called the SASK Watch Squad, or it's for short, it's the
1: SASK Squad. S A S Q Squad. So, as I've been saying a lot on this show. Uh, Ryan Graves, Jonas Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton, uh, John Marino, all of our big defensemen are called the Sasquatch squad, and I always forget to give credit to Jersey Joe for uh, basically starting it amongst Devils personalities, I brought it up in a few of my crossovers and Jersey Joe, you're here to not only talk about the New Jersey Devils in general, but let's talk some defense for the New Jersey Devils. Mm-hmm. And you're also hopefully going to have some new merch out. So I'll help you promote that a little bit. But, yeah, let's just let's just talk about uh, the New Jersey Devils defense as a whole. So what do you want to basically start off with in terms of the Sasquatch squad?
0: So uh, what I want to start off with is it all basically started when Thomas Gerald started drafting Big guys like uh, Shakir Muhammad Dulin and a couple other big guys, even Seamus Casey nowadays is considered. Victor Hurd is part of it. Um, you look at who they have now. Um, when they when they brought when they brought in Kevin Ball, he was the first of the Sasquatches to be in that batch. And I needed something that would be unique to the Devils. It may not be fully native, but. Remember, the doubles a long time ago were in – they were in the Kansas City Scouts and then they came to Colorado. So, what does that origin have? Sasquatch. Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Physicality.
1: Grit. Attitude. Jersey team. Are you sure you're talking about the Sasquatches and not the BMW line? They do
0: actually have some variation of it, too. I can just explain that a little later.
1: (laughs) All right, so where do we start? So um, you talked about Kevin Ball basically being the first person, but I think a lot of people are underestimating still what the New Jersey Devils are capable of because I remember just recently I was in a group chat amongst uh, some of my colleagues over at Locked On and somebody just in a private message just said like, basically you guys got lucky because you put a bunch of misfits together and no one could have predicted them to be this good. Look, I'll be honest. I did not predict for the New Jersey Devils to be this good. But the one thing I always say, I always said during the course of the off season, uh, going into the season in general, that the New Jersey Devils did improve and it starts sort of on the defensive end. So we got the biggest name free agent available just a few years ago. That was Dougie Hamilton. So mm-hmm. he signed to a long-term deal. Then we get John Marino for basically uh, pennies. We traded away... Ty Smith. Uh, Remember uh, during the expansion draft, the New Jersey Devils wanted to expose PK Subban. They had to make a deal. So that way they weren't like a few dollars away from the cap floor. So they had to trade for uh, somebody else. And the Colorado Avalanche were desperate to get rid of Ryan Grace for something because they didn't want to possibly expose him in the Seattle Kraken draft. And he uh, gets uh, sought out, out to Seattle for essentially nothing. So what do we, we traded away, Mikhail Maltsev and a late draft pick for Ryan Graves or so Mm. and or Jonas Siegenthaler Uh, I think Jonas Siegenthaler might have been one of the first Sasquatches actually well Jonas Siegenthaler was in that uh, he was he was traded for a third round pick
0: uh, like more than a year ago and I knew of him, but I didn't know enough about him. But then all of a sudden, I remember watching Nico Heischer in his draft year. And I remember seeing a a glimpse of Siegenthaler, but I didn't get to see the full story. So when that was mentioned in the trade, I was like, oh, he was that guy. That guy who played a really good defense for Switzerland against the U.S. So that kind of – that light bulb went off in my head. So – I actually have a score. Uh, This is like from a few games back, but you talked about Bastion. You talked about Graves, Siegenthaler. Um, Let me start with this little formula. So this is uh, what I blended a couple stats together. This is the Sasquatch offense. So this is hits, block shots, and points. I'll give you an example. Nathan Bastion had 34 hits and 10 block shots uh and seven points. And that got him a Sasquatch score of 51. Now, if you do this at an 82 game pace, that's almost 300 Sasquatch points on offense.
1: So basically you add up the hits, the blocks and the points, and it becomes Sasquatch points, right? Ex- exactly. You're not just
0: playing full on offense. you got to create offense in a productive manner you need to have a two-way style of play creating offense
1: so it's not just limited to to defensemen it could be also to forwards kind of so you well first off forwards are the first line of defense yes
0: and the defensemen are your last best bet
1: okay okay
0: and and the the next best sask scorer a few games back, was Ryan Graves. And then he got a 45. Why? 18 hits plus plus four of 45. Now, at an 82-game pace, that's 246. Uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, 16 hits, 12 block shots, 5 points, 43 Sasquatch points. What does that earn him? 235 Saswatch score and 82 games paced. So there's actually a fair amount. So Braden Smith, Brandon Smith, uh John Marino have a Sasquatch score of
1: a of 202 right now. That's that's very decent. So you're you're telling me that Brendan Smith, despite what uh meets the the view of the average fan, he is actually uh being some sort of how would I say effective. Because, you know, for for someone like me, I always say that there's no reason for Brendan Smith to be out there on the rink because he didn't generate his first point as a devil until the Toronto Maple Leafs game. And one of the things I said in one of my more recent episodes was that uh, we rave about how good the defense has improved for New Jersey Devils. And the fact that Brendan Smith didn't get his first point until the Toronto Maple Leafs game, This and he's also very sloppy with the puck. He's not really effective out there. Alongside with Damon Severson, it, it it was a little concerning for me. It got to the point where I said Smith needs to be a healthy scratch, so that way we could give <laughs> like so we could give Kevin Ball a chance, or maybe we could give your boy Shimon the Mets a chance. So, well, I will start off with this. You know, it's important
0: to have a metric that measures two way play and a little bit of offense. Some that's a little bit closer than what meets the eye. You only see a fraction of what these guys do. And so Brandon Smith, a few games back, had 29 hits, eight block shots, and zero points. Now, he had a SAS score of 37, but he has o- over 202-plus watch points now because of you know what he's been doing as of recent. So, yes, there's room for improvement, but... He's not the worst defenseman. It's if you really want to pick apart the worst defenseman. Yeah. Um, Dougie Hamilton lacked a little bit in the Sasquatch score, but everyone's going to fluctuate.
1: Yeah. But the thing for Dougie Hamilton is that, yes, he, like you said, on the defensive side of things, he uh, might have the lowest Sasquatch score, but. His job is to generate the points on the defensive side of things, similar to what Luke, what Luke Hughes is going to do once he comes up to the NHL, and that's why you pair Luke Hughes alongside with Shimon Nemetz because Nemetz is going to focus more on the defense, and mm-hmm. then um, Luke Hughes is going to be more of the offensive kind of thing in terms of that hypothetical pairing. Right, you need to blend
0: your non-sasquatch players with your. Gold goblins, like Bratpack Pack called them, and you need to have your. I like to think of them as bartenders. You're, the guys are going to mix it up on offense, so you need to have that, and you need to have your baristas that are going to mix it up on the back end. So you need to have a blend of everything.
1: Okay, so according to Daily Face Off, here's the defensive pairing. So you got Dougie Hamilton and Jonas Siegethaler on the on the top defensive line, which. He's very smart, actually, because Dougie Hamilton, like we just established, will generate most of the offense. But Jonas Siegethaler, he holds down the four on the defensive side things. And last I checked, he was currently leading the New Jersey Devils in plus minus. So despite Jonas Siegethaler not generating all that uh, many productive points, he doesn't slow down the execution for the New Jersey Devils. And then for the second line, John Marino, Ryan Graves, if you had to pick your poison, I would say that. In terms of point production, Ryan Graves is going to be that guy. He looks a lot uh better this year compared to last year. Ryan Graves is also competing with Jonas Dollar for most plus minus on the team. John Marino has been excellent. So it, it's hard to believe that was it smart of the Pittsburgh Penguins to trade away John Marino? Because one of the arguments that one of my colleagues used uh saying that John Marino was not good for Pittsburgh last year. So um no one so John Marino, despite him being considered like a good pickup for Tom Fitzgerald still had some question marks because that's the whole reason why Pittsburgh gave him up for essentially nothing just because uh, he didn't really end his tenure with the Penguins all that well. But I said he could facilitate, he could create for others and he could be a defensive anchor. And I think that's what we were banking on. And John Marino is one of the reasons why at the time this recording, the New Jersey Devils are on a 12 game win streak. Well, let me throw this
0: in there. so there are certain teams know how to blend certain players in offensively, defensively, and two way. Now John Marino has always been more of that kind of physical, kind of bit offensive. It was only a matter of not if, but when his offensive potential starts to get added together and Marino is starting to be that blend of physical guy under a certain guy I said in another podcast with you was Ryan McGill. He's bringing the best out of And this is a good insurance policy. When you have a really good defensive coach, like they did in Vegas under McGill, you saw some very physical hitting games. And guess what? Devils are laying with the bodies hit the floor. And that's what they're doing. They're not letting teams push them around. And part of being a Sasquatch is you have to separate the puck carrier from the puck possessor. So if you think that Toronto's going to push the doubles around, good bleeping luck. I'm
1: sorry, and I'm not sorry. See, that, I don't know if you listened to one of my more recent episodes, but the reason why I picked the Toronto Maple Leafs to snap the New Jersey Devils' win streak was just because we hadn't played a top 10 ranked team in a while. So it, it, the last team that we, that we uh, played that was ranked in the top 10 in the NHL was the Colorado Avalanche, but the excuse you could use for the Avalanche was that they were a little dinged up. And when we beat the Colorado Avalanche, that was what. Uh, that's when we got our second win of this lengthy win streak. So I was just like, it's been a while since the New Jersey Devils have played like top tier competition, which is why I can't wait for them to play the Boston Bruins or the Vegas Golden Knights. Despite the Golden Knights, or think they're on a losing streak themselves, and then um, these other top notch teams, so that way we could get a better understanding of where do the New Jersey Devils, where do the New-, New Jersey Devils best fit? Because I hope come mid season. I hope you and I are just talking about, are the Devils legitimate title contenders?
0: Well, one of the the teams I'm more excited to play against, it's not tomorrow's opponent, the Edmonton Oilers. They're not in our conference. They're in another conference. I'm more focused on the Rangers. I'm more focused on the Bruins. I'm more focused on the Flyers. I'm more focused on teams within our own division at this point because I need to see where the beef is going to be laid out. I need to see where, who's going to come up clutch in time. Uh, can Nico Heischer keep this up consistently in offense? I think so. But you look at your guys that you're rolling with now on offense and defense, stick with it for the time being. If some guys hurt or uh, sick or something, you throw into Kevin Ball.
1: And maybe throw in an Alexander Holtz. Before we continue with today's episode, I want to get you guys hit to Simply Safe. So, did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that way more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system today at half-off and enjoy advanced security and great peace of mind this holiday season. So, simply safe. Once again, this do- this kind of stuff doesn't just happen at home alone. It happens in real life. So you might want to protect all those holiday gifts with simply safe. In an emergency, 24/7 professional monitoring agents use fast protect technology exclusively from simply safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real. So you can get priority police response. Don't miss on your chance to say big on the only se- security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. That is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And now, let me get you guys hit to bet online so you can make some big money this holiday season. So, betonline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional sport and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it for you live at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the in action. Betonline.net where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Lockdown Betts for all your betting needs there as well. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see more of Alexander Holtz. I've, this was the concern I have going into the season, which was were we giving him a fair shot? Because he scored the first goal of the year for the Devils, and I don't think anyone saw that one coming. But ever since then, he's just been a scratch. It, it, do you think that we should just send Alexander Holtz back down to Utica and just let him dominate there? And so that way, he's not, his talent is not being wasted and he's not on a shelf? I really think he needs to start
0: actually playing in Utica right now because the way he's been dormant, it's like, I don't want to compare him to Shane Wright because that wouldn't be fair because he's already been drafted and whatnot. But you can't just let a guy sit around in the suite all the time. They have to, you know, be part of the system one way or another and do their job and until the time comes you have to put them back in utica like for a guy like holes his caliber he doesn't deserve to sit there and rust you need to ha- grease him up
1: with wd-40 <laughs> but um yeah and, and like i said like but we got to give him a chance sooner rather than later and this is one of the concerns i have for the for the devils we have a lot of talent in the pipeline, but the fact that the New Jersey devils just basically just shot out of nowhere. Like I don't think anybody was projecting for the devils to be like in the position they're currently in on this lengthy win streak. In fact, there, this is like one of the longest win streaks in the NHL. The, the, the record is I believe seven eighteen 18 because the Pittsburgh penguins hold the record for 17. So um, the New Jersey devils are just five games behind uh, tying the record. And hopefully that doesn't jinx anything, but you, you get the you get the point which is the, the devils have one of the lengthiest win streaks in the entire nhl and if they beat the edmonton oilers uh, i don't know when this episode is going to go live but if th- this will be their longest win streak since the 2000 and 2001 season if my memory serves me well yeah and, and, it's under elias back then yeah and um so it's just like this i i did not anticipate for this to happen and um, uh, you you just gotta take into consideration like what's gonna happen to some of these prospects? Because if the Devils become title contenders, or if they get to the playoffs and they're actually legitimate, but I know I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. What's gonna happen to the roster? Because do we stick to what we got, or do we have to make some more moves? It's just it's just like what's gonna happen to someone like Riley Walsh? Because I don't think he's gonna be given a fair chance. To showcase his talents and i've been i've been big on riley walsh the past couple years i say that he could become the next adam fox because both of them were uh defensive line partners back at harvard and adam fox blossomed when lindy ruff was the defensive coach for the uh new york rangers and i think if you give riley walsh that same chance i think maybe he won't be on the same caliber as adam fox but maybe just maybe you could get something out of him similar to what he was able to do at harvard so like an, Adam Fo- like an Adam Fox light. Yes, yes, exactly. And it, it just feels like these young – and we're talking about Alexander Holtz right now, but there's going to be a few other players. When are they going to be given their chance to shine? Because they can't stay in Utica forever. Right.
0: You, well, I know this is not Devils related, but it is related to the fact that look at what's happening in Vancouver. Like Bo Horvat is looking to get out of there. And, you know, the Devils were very likely would have been his employer had they not traded for Corey Schneider. However, if the Devils did want another center slash winger, they could they could look at Horvat. But does Vancouver want to just revoke this? Do they want a Holt? And the problem is, is that Vancouver trades too many of their own prospects and too many of their own assets, and they just go into a downward spiral. And they're hoping to win a draft lottery. So they could surrender now, and the Devils could buy big on one of their other players and not have to worry about the whole J.T. Miller fiasco. I would rather much go after Toronto's guys. Who who you got your eye on in Toronto? I I really, really want to go after
1: a guy like Nylander. See, I did a silly, I did, I did a silly season about William Nylander over the, um, over the summer. I did, I did a crossover with the guys over at locked on Leafs and basically they offered me this big trade package, but it, so if anyone needs a refresher, here was a trade package. So the devils would get Rasmus Sandin. they would get William Nylander, they would get the rights to Jack Campbell. So basically the devils would be the first suitors to Offer Jack Campbell something before he entered unrestricted. But Campbell's play. not there anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Campbell's not there anymore. Obviously, but but and then the Devils would get the Toronto Maple Leafs first round pick, which was in the twenties. I believe it was twenty fifth overall. In exchange, we would give them Mackenzie Blackwood, the second overall pick, and also Damon Severson. So, i based on how Vitek Vancheck are, and Akira Schmidt are doing, I think people are okay with moving on with Mackenzie Blackwood. Then um, Damon Severson, he's basically on borrowed time. We can't extend him because it, the money that he's going to demand is not suitable. And then the second overall pick, that was the make or break thing.
0: Okay. So remember I hot take you about the Shimon Nemesh pick before. That's because I also foresaw <clears throat> Damon Severson on that borrowed time. And really there c- could have never been a better prospect the devils could have picked and i'm sorry shane Wright, you're just not the right one
1: and even then even i know shane Wright was technically the best prospect available but look what jack hughes nico heischer we got a few other uh young fours that could develop too there was no room for shane Wright; he would have been a bottom six player right and same thing with logan cooley
0: like we could have done that but the match made the most sense and if i had to package uh riley walsh it would be him and it'd be him in a different trade and to get another high-end like winger or goaltender that could help new jersey and then you're trading severson at this point for a first round pick because he's only on that amount of time. He and the 23 draft you have a bunch of prospects that shift the other really good prospects back further. So like the Fantilles and the Badars and the Michkovs all of them push each other prospect the great ones back another 5 to 10 slots. So really if the Devils keep not just one, but two first round picks and it's draft day. I could see the Devils trying to parlay that first round pick from the Severson trade and make it into like a
1: veteran on a long-term deal. Yeah. Cause I don't, like I said, I don't think anyone has anticipated for the devils to be this good. And now it basically goes from rebuild to contention. I get it's November. It's still very early, but is it safe to say that at this point, I think the New Jersey Devils, depending on if they finish, finish first in the Metro or get a wild card, do you think the New Jersey Devils have pretty much all but solidified a playoff spot at this point? I mean, look, we're
0: almost at American Thanksgiving. At this point, the odds are in their favor at least by 80%, if not greater. Yeah, because all, all
1: – I don't mean to Money interrupt. Puck? Yeah, I don't Money mean Puck's got the, the right numbers right 90 like 90 or so percent but that's before like we extended our win streak by three or or something like that but brian uh, who's the founder of the brad pack he, he literally said like all the devils have to do from here on out is just play 500 hockey that's so like you know if they go 12 and 12 in their next games they're still in a pretty decent position
0: one of the things i found the devils do like if they lose two games they'll win like the next five or six that that's just how crazy good this batch of young players are with veterans.
1: Yeah. So I got to ask you based on how the roster is constructed, who is your fa- Who's your favorite Sasquatch player? Because I told you mine, which was Ryan Graves. And I'll explain to everyone momentarily, but uh, going back to the Sasquatch squad, who's your favorite? Oh, Well,
0: this is going to be a little uh, interesting, but I really like the way Eric Hall is playing. I know he's a forward on a forward spectrum. He's, he's not the best of them, but he's the most like underlooked because he's put on the third line and he did score a goal. Yes. But he plays a physical game with his stick. He'll block the shots. He will lay the body out. He's He almost gets a block for every hit. And so he's helping create um, like the forward momentum when you get the puck in front of you to get the lead play to be created into the neutral zone. And then that creates offensive zone entries. So he's my most underrated Sasquatch. My favorite uh, right now is under a defenseman is Ryan Graves. He's, he had a minimal of 18 and 20 uh, hits blocks. When I first started doing this and two more games, I'm going to update this because it'll be the 20 game mark. So I really like what he's done in, He's been scoring goals and assists and he's been uh, a presence. And I I, I told Al this, uh, who's head of the Ryan Graves fan page, that I created a couple other uh, new categories I haven't started doing yet. Um, SAS sc- score D, which isolates from the points. It's more about hits, blocks, and takeaways than you minus the giveaways from the takeaways. So let's say you have X amount of hits, X amount of blocks, and the takeaways, and then you'd minus the giveaways. I came up with an example of 280. So imagine that's like I wanna say close to Ryan Graves, closer to Nathan Bastion. If mm-hmm. if you factored in the defense. That's but that's like a separate category itself.
1: Yeah. So um, Ryan Graves is also my favorite too, because I always say silent, but deadly Ninja. He led the league in plus minus just a few years ago. He led uh, the league in, in, um, in defensive shares in, in that same year. So Ryan, so it raises the overall question. What should the New Jersey devils do with someone like Ryan Graves? Because we've been hearing the rumors saying that he should be dealt away. We've been hearing the, obviously the rumors for Damon Severson that he should be dealt away. But the, the problem is, is like, you know, you got Shimon, the Mets, you got Luke Hughes, you got Shakir Mukama Doolin, you got Kevin ball, you got, um, you got. Yeah. Nikita Ohotuk. You, you, you got all these guys in the pipeline that need their chance to to showcase what they could do. Riley Wallace as well. So do you who do we get rid of? Because Dougie Hamilton is pretty much the only one who signed long term. And and also Jonas Siegenthaler, he signed for five years at a very, very cheap price. But you look at someone like um Ryan Graves, uh, does he deserve an extension? Brendan Smith yes. and also Damon Severson. I
0: I wholeheartedly believe in keeping uh Ryan Graves for another three years. I'd rather him be locked up as long as possible. I don't want to rush uh, any other left-handed defenseman. Like, let me look at this the longer term. When Muhammad Doolin's season is over, he needs to get acclimated to the AHL. So get him a, an AHL year. Then you get Luke Hughes is coming up from the NCAA And then Nemec will already have a year under his belt, being from Slovakia in Utica. So you take Luke Hughes up to New Jersey. You take Nemec, taking Severson's spot. And eventually, um, you're going to have a whole token ball competing in and out for that seventh spot on defense. And that's a good thing because you don't want there to be complacency on the ship. You want everyone hands on deck. And when the pirates start invading your ship, the Sasquatch has got to come out and throw those enemies overboard. You can't, you can't
1: let them walk over your ship. No, you can't. And like I said, it looks like Tom Fitzgerald has some decisions to be made because it, uh, three of our four top four defensemen, are locked up. So John Marino, I forgot to mention, he's in year two of a six-year deal. I, I believe he's annually played uh, paid at around $4 million, so, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, so Dougie Hamilton is, is signed long-term. Yoda Siegenthaler is signed long-term. The only player who who doesn't have a, a long-term plan, it seems like it's Ryan Graves, Damon Severson. We're going to see what happens with them. Brendan Smith, I'm sorry, but... I think he's going to get waived at some point I, this year. I think, I think
0: he would make a good
1: trade chip though. Like very underrated. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like Brendan Smith has been there a couple games. Like um, he made a few great defensive, excuse me. He made a few great defensive plays against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then um, looking at that game against the uh, Ottawa Senators, he was looking after uh Austin Watson like he wanted to fight Watson after uh Watson's cheap uh cross check on Nico Heesher. This is why I wanted Nikita Aojick or ball up
0: or because or they, w- they would they would destroy
1: him. Mason Gearston you know because Mason Gearston did the same thing to Jeremy Lawson last year during the during the second game of the year because remember Lawson had a rough hit on Jack I was there. Yeah, and Jack Hughes was sidelined for a few months because he he ha- had to get what shoulder surgery. So yeah, so Jack Hughes was sidelined for a few months, but Mason Gearston made it his priority to find Lawson and fight him, so that way Lawson could pay the piper. And someone in my comment section also said the same thing in regards to Nikita Ohotuk because the Devils do not have an enforcer on the roster for the time being. You got all these Sasquatches, but yet you don't have none of these guys really want to fight. Well, the thing is, Ohotok did fight last
0: year. And matter of fact, at one point, he almost made someone bleed and cry in a game. And Tom Fitzgerald actually had to tell him to ease down a little bit, which is a good thing because once you let the bull right out of its cage, you're looking for blood.
1: You're really looking for blood when you're the enemy. Yeah, I mean, did Nikita Ohotuk or somebody else beat up Tom Fitzgerald's uh, son in the AHL or or something? Like yeah, that? that that was that was that was Nikita Ohotuk. <laughs> Bring up Nikita Ohotuk. Just just next time we play the Ottawa Senators, which will be, I believe, in March, uh, uh, Nikita Ohotuk needs to be called up for that very game, so that way he can beat the crap out of uh, Watson for that hit on Nico Heischer. Yeah, and Watson
0: goes say, "No bleep, Sherlock! I just got beat up by this Sasquatch right in front of me." Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so I got to ask you, who's your least favorite Sasquatch? Like, I know you like them all, but is there a player that's just like, "Why are you even, Why do I even have you on my list?" Uh, well, it's like I, the
0: guy that's most underperforming. Out of all the defensemen, is Dougie Hamilton because he's just a he's more of a an offensive production type player, and it's just kind of like I had to play with the numbers and see where he was, and he's the most underperforming uh, big physical defenseman that isn't gonna do a whole lot, but he does a little bit of everything. So it's not a bad
1: problem. No, I mean he's a Dougie Hamilton. His main priority is offense. No Anzis or butts about it. But um, and that's why I said that. <laughs> yeah. So Sas. So Sasquatch Squad, and you know you you got your own stats. I probably got to start using it in my show. Quite honestly, but uh, or-
0: everyone needs to start using it. I mean, I'm not doing it to be famous. I'm doing it because, like, you know, Moneyball inspired me as a young man. Uh, growing up in high school. And then after watching the movie, like, I was, I was like, I love sports and I love numbers and loving devil's hockey. Like, what could I do? And so scouting comes along numbers, offensive zone entries, yada, yada. I'm like, what about something for the physical play, the defensive play? What about something for, you know, Sasquatching? And so Sasquatch Analytics became a thing with me just recently. I was just like bingo. <laughs> I like that. I like that and